Hey everyone, it's Michael here, and you're listening to the Goody Reader Radio Show. It's April the 14th, 2015, here at goodyreader.com, and we have some news for you guys today, primarily focusing on Amazon and what they have done with HarperCollins. We're also going to talk about the new Kobo Glow HD reader, which we have been the only website so far to do reviews, comprehensive unboxings, comparisons, all that jazz, as well as some miscellaneous publishing news from around the world. First of all, I guess the biggest news right now is HarperCollins and Amazon have inked a distribution deal. This has been ongoing since about 2014, and I guess the crux of the issue is is that HarperCollins really wants to price its own ebooks. You can think of it as the agency model, and instead of allowing Amazon to discount books as they see fit, uh, HarperCollins is going to be provided incentives to have books priced lower, but chances are this is going to spell higher ebook prices for the average consumer. Uh, last October, Amazon re- reached an agreement with Simon and Schuster, which covered ebooks and paper books. A few weeks later, Amazon came to terms with Hachette Book Group and then a Macmillan. So, pretty well, Simon and Schuster, Hachette, Macmillan, and now HarperCollins, they pretty well make up the largest publishing companies in the world. And Amazon has just signed agreements with them basically within like the last four or five months. So everybody now has basically on board. And this is considered agency light. So Amazon will have a little bit of flexibility to discount books, but you're going to see a whole lot of pricing determined by publisher now when you're shopping on Amazon. Um, so really what this means is that ebooks will increase in price, not exponentially, of course, but they probably will rise anywhere between 99 cents and three or four dollars. You know, uh, some people are saying stuff like, you know, these are books by publishers I'm not going to buy anymore. And, you know, I'm going to start buying books from unknown authors because I can buy their books at 99 cents. Why would I want to spend 12 or $15 on an ebook by, you know, a best-selling artist or something like that? And by artist, I mean writer. Well, you know, um, statistically, the average person reads anywhere between 5 and 20 books a year. So does it really matter how much you're going to be paying for a book. I mean, as much as we talk about ebooks and things like that on our site, they still are a drop in the bucket compared to the print sales. I pay attention to a lot of financial results, fiscal reports and things like that, and a lot of the big publishing companies that I've mentioned already Around 21 to about 24% of their global revenue stem from ebooks. So that's a large percentage that's still derived from print. And if you look at still, an ebook maybe costs $12. When a hardcover comes out, it's $30 plus. So it's still economically more reasonable to buy the digital edition over the hardcover. Uh, personally, for me, I mean, I, I tend to always buy hardcovers of books by authors I really like. So when a Neil Gaiman book comes out or a William Gibson book comes out or a book that I really want to read, um, you know, for instance, uh, Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson, uh, The Shock Doctrine by Naomi Klein, 
these are books that I tend to buy in hardcover because I really, you know, really like the subject matter or I really like the author. And these are the types of books that I want to showcase in my bookshelf and lend it to friends. You know, I read this book. It's amazing. So I could, I could lend it out to friends. Whereas with ebooks, you can't really lend them out to friends. Um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble do have lending programs but it's like a publisher opt-in type of feature and not a whole lot of publishers opt-in for the whole lending thing and with you know kindle unlimited now lend you know lending ebooks between friends is something that is was popular maybe about two or three years ago now is anybody even listening to the show aware that you can lend a kindle book through friends through a little program uh, probably not. Uh, in any case, ebook prices probably will increase. And if you are visiting Amazon website, you will notice a fair number of titles now by HarperCollins where the price is now established by the publisher. The Kobo Glow HD e-reader just came out. And this is an e-reader that we got early. And it's going to be shipping in Canada at the end of April. And it'll probably be available in retail stores in Canada uh, the first week or two of May. Uh, no word yet when it's coming to the UK, Europe, or Australia, New Zealand. But chances are for a lot of um, those type of markets, you're looking for like a summer release. Uh, Kobo tends to release e-readers in their home country first, which is Canada, because they're located in Toronto. So it's easier to distribute them amongst like retail chains. And Kobo pretty well in Canada is the only game in town. You would be pretty... It, it would be quite difficult to find an e-reader by another company in Canada. Uh, there's a lot of tablets, of course, that you'll see around, iPads and, and you know, Samsung tablets and things like that. But when it comes to e-ink devices, Kobo is a stranglehold on Canada. Ever since Sony went bottoms up and started uh, basically abandoning e-readers, closed their e-reader store, um, yeah, Kobo is the only game in town unless you order a Kindle online. But incidentally... You still not can you can't order the Kindle Voyage yet in Canada, and it was released late last year. And even India and Australia and places like that are getting it before even Canada's getting it. So maybe it's Amazon's remiss to really kind of get make it available in Canada, knowing how popular Kobo is in this country. But it's all speculation. Uh, really, what I want to say is. This is a sort of a, a low-range Kobo device. Uh, it's priced roughly at about 129 Canadian, whereas the Kindle Voyage is 199 US. So, with the currency conversion, the Glow HD is almost half the price in Canada than the Kindle Voyage is. And uh, like the e-reader, I mean, it's infrared touch, which a lot of people aren't aware of. It's a sunken screen, so it's not. The screen isn't flush with the bezel like the Kobo Aura was or the Kindle Voyages or like your smartphone or tablet is. So I think Kobo was trying to cut costs by adopting infrared touch as opposed to capacitive touch. And this is the first Kobo e-reader ever released that actually doesn't have an SD card. And that's actually quite surprising because SD card capabilities it doesn't really dramatically add a lot of cost to an e-reader and Kobo has always included an SD card in all of their e-readers ever since they started making them so I was actually quite surprised when I heard that this model did not have an SD card but the more I thought about it the more it actually made sense because 
Amazon only had an SD card in their first generation Kindle in 2007. Every subsequent model released since then does not have one. And I think that Kobo just wants to lock its readers into its own ecosystem rather than having an SD card that has the ability to store, you know, average SD card is like 32 gigs. So that's about as much as you could actually put in there. And each book is roughly about 200k so you could actually store like 100,000 books on an SD card or so um so does Kobo want people doing that well chances are with the four gigs of internal memory that the Glow HD has where when you take it out of the box is only about 3.1 gigs because that's the operating system a lot of the the default content that's preloaded on a device uh, three gigs isn't a lot of room so what Kobo wants you to do is to buy books from their store and if your e-reader starts getting cluttered up simply delete the books and then you can re-download them anytime uh, via the Kobo cloud service which is you know basically delete the books on your e-reader and you can just download them anytime whether you're using a Kobo e-reader or whether you're using a Kobo tablet or whether you're using the Kobo app for iOS or Android so I think that Kobo is foregoing the SD card in all models going forward they haven't told me that but I think that this is becoming a thing in the e-reader world where People are trying to lock you into their particular ecosystem where the only way that you could read books is if you buy the books from them. Barnes Noble's starting to do that. Amazon's always done that. Now Kobo's starting to do that. Um, so that's just the way that it is. Recently, we have a new research report that we wrote. Uh, from time to time, we do polls on the sidebar of our website at goodyreader.com. It's on uh bottom you know sort of like mid-range on the right hand side and we do polls every two weeks or so and uh, the research that we did this week was where do you buy your ebooks from and we we're very interested to find out what our readers what they were doing because obviously with goody reader we get casuals here but mainly it's like the people that love hearing about new devices, new gadgets. They've been loyal readers for like the last five or six years. So uh, they're hardcore to say the least. And so I was kind of interested because we all hear the reports that come out. We've written a lot about it extensively, talking to book and publishing experts all over the world uh, when we go to events and trade shows and things like that. And Amazon has said to control roughly about 75% of the digital book market in the U.S. In the U.K., they even have more of a stranglehold. They control 95% of all books, digital book sales that are made in the U.K. So uh, that, that's huge figures. So... Mike, I was kind of interested to find out, is Amazon really the ebook juggernaut that everyone says it is? And it apparently it is. We had roughly about, let's see, 364 people that cast their vote in about the two weeks that we ran this poll. 57%, so that's 211 votes out of 364 votes voted for Amazon. 67 people voted for Kobo, which was 18%, and Barnes & Noble was a distant third with 6% with only 25 votes. Uh, the rest of the fields comprised of directly from the publisher, Google Play, Apple iBooks, independent bookstores, uh, or Pottermore, which is J.K. Rowling's uh, site that actually sells Harry Potter books. So when you buy a Harry Potter book from Amazon, you're actually not buying it from Amazon. They are basically taking you to the Pottermore site. Site. 
So it really goes without saying that Amazon is the runaway digital bookstore of choice. I mean, 57% of the vote and the next highest on the field was Kobo at 18%. So that pretty well falls in line with a lot of the reports that we have been writing and the people that cast their vote again, I mean, they're not just casual readers. They're like the type of power readers that read a book or two a week or read many books on a monthly basis. You know, these are the same type of readers that are on Goodreads, that they're talking about books. They belong to virtual book clubs. Uh, they're definitely not the type of people that may read a book or two every single, you know, a, a few times like a month or something like that. So uh, I was interested in that. If you live in the United Kingdom or Australia, 3M is now expanding their cloud library into those two countries. Uh, Australia uh, is dominated by SoftLink, and SoftLink is uh, a distribution partner of Overdrive. So Overdrive and SoftLink are synonymous. So if you live in Australia, maybe you know that, maybe you don't, but here I am telling you the truth. Uh, in the UK, Overdrive is there, uh, but... 3M now is going to give them some competition. Uh, 3M will have dedicated sales and marketing staff in those two countries trying to get them to, um, you know, trying to get libraries to get signed up for them. But still, library lending, at least in the UK, is still in its infancy stage. Uh, the vast majority of libraries in the UK don't have wireless internet access. So if you're actually visiting the library, you can't. Uh, borrow an ebook from within the library unless you're actually on your own data plan. So if you come in with an e-reader or a tablet, you're kind of out of luck. So there's been a lot of uh, talk in the UK library scene about you know, uh, big pilot projects, big uh, government-sponsored reports looking into the viability of uh, you know, right now with the, with the UK library, there's really strict rules. Uh, books, like ebooks, say in the US and, and Canada, they can be loaned out for a maximum of 21 days. In the UK, it's only a week. And it, then it's automatically put back into the library pool. A lot of publishers, too, aren't on board with library lending in the UK. Those who are, are contributing mainly backlist titles and a lot of the people in the library industry are saying, you know, we, we want the type of flexibility that the people in Canada and the U.S. have, where whenever a new book comes out, the library can lend in ebook form. And having sort of these draconian rules is kind of really hurting uh, the evolutionary capability of ebooks in U.K. libraries. So... That's pretty well it. Uh, you know, aside from other news that has come out, I think that that's the most important news uh, that's transpired in the last week or so. Uh, new Kobo Glow HDE reader out at the end of the month. Uh, HarperCollins has signed a new agreement with uh, with uh, Amazon, and apparently people love to do business with Amazon more than any other retailer out there. For Giddy Reader, my name is Michael, and you've been listening to the Giddy Reader Radio Show, and everybody take care.